Welcome to today's episode of EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Pottinger, and I'm really excited for today's show. But before we dive in, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, make sure you do so you never miss a podcast episode and also follow us on Instagram at EQ Minds. Today, we are going to do something a little different. I'm going to give you tips on how to let go of worry. So why do we want to discuss this? Well, one thing I've heard from this community is that you want to learn tips on how to free yourself from worry and live life to the fullest. These tips today are designed to help you and take ownership of what we can do as of right now. If you want more support, we have a new workshop series called The Wellbeing Program, The Mindful Journey, a tailored workshop series to equip your team with the tools and motivation they need to become mindful high performers. So why do we worry? The emotional brain is what makes mammals unique. While the primal brain may be telling you to drink water, to stay alive, the emotional brain is telling you to mate for life, drink alcohol for pleasure, and of course, be afraid. Okay, so the be afraid part isn't quite as fun as the first two, to be honest, but we need this part for survival because it's how we identify a threat. Thousands of years ago, we needed to know if there was an animal trying to snack on our legs while we were blissfully sleeping in a cave. These days, we don't have quite the same threats anymore. But unfortunately, this part of the brain still loves to go into overdrive and react as if Mary throwing us under the bus at work is the same as needing to seek shelter during a lightning storm. So what physically happens when the emotional brain senses a threat? Your emotional brain tells your body to start pumping hormones like adrenaline and cortisol that are silently screaming, stay alive. This triggers that fight or flight response. Well, yes, we need this when we are actually in danger, like being a woman walking home alone at night. It isn't exactly helpful when the threat is simply a confronting email. Senior fellow of UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and New York Times bestselling author Dr. Rick Hansen once said, the brain is like Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positivity. Due to the way our brains are wired, it's not surprising that we opt to worry and gravitate towards dark and stormy thoughts instead of rainbows, sunshine and optimism. The secret to navigating your way through these challenging times or worrying times is learning to love the process on your way to progress. What will make you happy is that you have to learn to love the process when worry or unsettling thoughts appear, you can identify it and then you can use a tool on it to nullify it or at least flex back quicker. All you have to think about is putting the next rung on the ladder, ratcheting up to improve and grow from these challenging times. So how do we tackle these worries to build resilience? Here's the tool. It's not rocket science. All you need to do is take small actions you can rise up from adversity, changes, and worries. There are strategies that work, that you can shift your mindset and think and act in ways that can help you navigate the tough times. We're going to use the word nip, as in nip it in the bud. So where the N in in nip stands for notice, the I in nip stands for interrogate, and the P in nip stands for plan. 
So let's just start with the N, with a little gentle observation and simply notice what we're feeling. Maybe think about something that's been worrying you, that's been bringing you down a bit. In fact, just maybe make a list. They say a problem shared is a problem halved. First, I want you to write everything down that's worrying you or keeping you up at night or annoying you. Let's not get personal, okay, but just write down all the issues. It could be the roadworks that have been going on outside your house for seven years to coming back to the office and dealing with traffic. Maybe it's interest rates that's on your list. Sure, we can come out of lockdown post-COVID, but with interest rates this high in Australia, we can't afford to go anywhere. It doesn't matter what it is. In fact, let's make it quantity, not quality. I'm going to give you just a moment right now to write it down as much as you can. So journaling down or thinking about in your mind, what are your issues, your worries and your concerns? I've got a few parenting ones, to be honest, if that's okay. Clara is my angel, but she at the moment will not go to sleep at night. And she's so clever. She outsmarts me. She'll come up right before she's supposed to be asleep and say, Mummy, how is lava made? And I'm like, what? I'm not sure. You go to bed while mummy goes and Googles it. Everyone, if you can pick one current annoyance off your list, just one, but choose the one that you think could be relatable, maybe to someone else that's listening as well. And then I want you to think about the issue. What is it that frustrates you or annoys you or brings you down about that problem? And just sit with it and notice what you're feeling. This is the start of change. So to to apply NIP, we need to notice our thoughts and feelings and get them up and out. Once you've noticed what you're feeling, next is time to interrogate or do a little CSI and question what's really going on. Byron Katie and Dr. Daniel Amen have created a list of simple questions that any of us can use to identify some outdated thinking patterns. And Byron Katie says, a thought is harmless unless we believe it. It's not our thoughts, but our attachment to our thoughts that create the suffering. She believes that attaching to a thought means believing that thought is true without inquiring. And often it's something that we attach to a very long time ago. She's got a great book called Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. What are those questions? They are, one, is it true? Two, is it absolutely true with 100% accuracy? Three, how do I feel when I believe this thought? Four, how would I feel if I couldn't have this thought? Is it true? Is it absolutely true with 100% accuracy? How do I feel when I believe this thought? And how would I feel if I couldn't have this thought? Let's say the catastrophic thought you're having is something nice and generic, like I'm not making a difference. So we question it. First we ask, is it true? Now the answer might be yes, because that's when you're generally feeling right at this particular moment. So just be honest. If the answer is no, it's not true, awesome. You can have the rest of the day off. Okay, just kidding. Uh, But if the answer is yes, well, then you need to ask the next question. Is it absolutely true with 100% accuracy? Even though it can feel pretty awful right now, is it 100% certain? Is there really no one in your life right now that you're not making a difference to? 
whether it's a smile to a stranger or picking up the phone to a friend, is it 100% true that you're not making a difference? Then move to the next question. How do I feel when I believe this thought? This is a hard one because we have to own our feelings for just a moment by asking ourselves, how does this thought make me feel? Does this thought make me feel useless, weak, sad, despondent? It's okay. You'll be moving through this phase very quickly. It's why we have phrases like, this too shall pass. So now you move on to the last question, and this is the one that rewrites the story inside your head. It's, how would I feel if I couldn't have this thought? If this awful thought that's created an awful feeling in you wasn't possible, if you weren't able to feel that you weren't making a difference, if you weren't able to feel useless, hopeless, lost, stuck, whatever it is that you happen to be feeling right now, then how would it make you feel to feel the opposite? Would you now feel empowered, optimistic, motivated, even happy? This is a four-step process that can take less than a minute to navigate and you might just get your day back, your week back, your life back. By practicing these kinds of tools, it's essential, right? How to quieten down our minds so we can set a more productive day. You'll not only reprogram your brain's cruise control mode to keep you in the present moment and become less reactive, you're going to now put yourself back in the driver's seat of your mind. And when life sends you something your way that has the potential to throw your day off kilter, work, health, family, the community, it's learning how to maintain your mindfulness and tools like this that's going to help you keep you steady and calm. Have a beautiful day. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.